It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products and organic remedies for you, four locations to serve you, three in Sevier County, one in Knoxville, and of course, you can shop online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com, that Knoxville location on Kingston Pike, just across from Trader Joe's, or you can find their stores in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, and Sevierville. With Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Glad to have you along on this Tuesday morning. And Rob, we'll start with you, this Tennessee basketball team. Man, if they could if they could play a Thompson Bowling Arena, they might be the national champs by the time th- th- this thing is over. I'm not <laughs> saying they can't make a run, but uh, this is one uh, this is one really good basketball team in general. But they're they've been really good at home. They get the 67-62 win over Auburn. You've been in that arena for a lot of big games, a lot of games that the Auburn's coach Bruce Pearl coached for Tennessee. Uh, a lot of big moment games there against the Billy Donovan Florida teams and those things. Where do you put Saturday's atmosphere uh, in, in that scope with, with those big games you've covered over the last 20 years? I mean, it, it was as good as any hover. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, they kind of, I mean, they kind of run together after a time. I, I mean, I have a hard time. I mean, you, you mentioned a couple of those Billy Donovan teams back in the day, back in, you know, when, when Bruce was here, I can vividly remember those being some, you know, some special nights, some special atmospheres. You know, pick pick one against Kentucky. I mean, there have been some big time ones in there. But again, I would just say I, I I've not seen it any better. And I tell you, man, for about I don't what I what I will say. I don't know if I've seen it. I don't know if I've seen it as the frenzy as sustained as it was in the second half for about you know ten or twelve minutes where it was just a it was a zoo from the time Tennessee you know they're down thirty nine twenty eight when they when they throw a ten nothing run out there to you know and tie the game up and when Ziegler hits the three-pointer to tie it up, Huntley Hatfield's follow-up dunk. And, you know, on, on the defensive end, just, you know, Tennessee gets a shot clock violation or a couple of turnovers, just that stretch when Auburn didn't score, they didn't hit a field, they scored in a couple of foul shots, but they didn't make a shot for the field. And I think like eight minutes and 40 seconds, that, that was, the again, the, the probably the loudest sustained you know, exuberance noise level that, that I've seen in there. And, and maybe there, maybe I'm forgetting something. Maybe there was something that's good, but I don't think there was anything better. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it looked like on TV, it was really good. I know that Texas game. I mean, there's been a lot of big moments that have happened in there. It just, it, it certainly seems like it's pretty well organized. It, it's pretty well put together from a presentation and there's a lot to cheer for with, with the way this basketball team is playing right now. That game was interesting. You knew Tennessee would have one of those runs or one of those dry spells where they didn't score. They certainly did that in the first half, got themselves in a bind. But but this stat line is, is – and I want to know how this stat line came about, Rob. The bigs for Tennessee, 17 points, 29 rebounds, 16 of those offensive, three blocks, two steals, five turnovers. How in the world did Tennessee's post play when you talk about – Brandon, you're talking about Jonas, you're talking about Fulkerson, you're talking about Euros. How did those four contribute like that against that Auburn front line? I mean, I was, Hubbard, I, I'm shocked. I mean, I'm just, 
you know, not that Tennessee won the game. I predicted Tennessee to win the game. Right. I didn't think Tennessee was going to out-rebound Auburn by 20-plus. I mean, I thought Tennessee would win, would figure out a way to win in spite of its rebounding, not because of it. And and to do what they did, I mean, you just mentioned all those guys. I mean, they all just about played their, their best games of the year in terms of rebounding. And Huntley Hatfield certainly did. I mean, him and, him and Folky. Uh, BHH had eight rebounds, five of them offensive. Fulkerson had nine rebounds. That's the high in SEC play for both those kids. It happened in the same game against the best rebounding team in the league. I mean, Auburn came in at plus six rebounding margin, and nobody else was really close. Eurosh had seven rebounds. He's, that's the most he's had in three weeks. Adu had five. Doesn't look like much. He played eight minutes. Five rebounds in eight minutes. Not, not bad. No, not bad well, the other thing that stands out to me, too, and Austin, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but the, the, the other thing that stands out to me, Rob, is when I look at the the roster rundown and, and the participants and you look at the box score, there were only two or three players on the team that played who did not have a rebound, and those guys played just a couple of handful of minutes when you talk about uh, Meshack and, and you talk about Victor Bailey. I mean, everybody on the team rebounded on Saturday. Of course, that's how you out-rebound somebody yeah, for that jo- kind of and, margin. And Josiah is the best rebounder on the team when you just go by numbers. He had nine rebounds, just missed a double-double. And that's, you know, that's how Tennessee – this was an extreme example. I mean, getting 50-plus rebounds in a game. But that's how Tennessee has to do it. I mean, your best rebounder all season long has been a six-foot-six guard. I mean, Bob, it's as simple as this. To quote the great Chet Stedman from Rookie of the Year, you got to find it down in your have-to. And they had to find it down in their have-to. They have to have rebounded well to win this ball game because they shot it like crap. They did 33%. But, I mean, it, it's boring. And, and Rick Barnes isn't the, isn't the only guy to say it, but an old basketball coach will tell you, if you play defense, if you rebound the basketball and you hit your foul shots, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. And that's what Tennessee did on, on Saturday. They held Auburn to you know, 30, 34% shooting, crushed them on the boards, and Tennessee went 21-27 to at the foul line. Rob, I can always count on you for movie references. I'm disappointed there was not a rebuttal. I knew Hubs wouldn't know what the hell Chet Stedman, who the hell Chet Stedman is. I know that. That's the floater movie, right? Where where the kid, where the kid, where the kid does the Pepsi commercial and he throws it from center field and hits home plate. I know AP. AP, that's a little, that's a little off my movie radar. You're gonna have to get a. Rob's not dialing into the Disney flicks these days. Yeah, you all have right? to a little I mean, more highbrow than that. You know, you, you got you to gotta help him out with that deal. Um, I mean, Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> you know, anything in the, you know, the, the guy Richie genre, you, we, can, we can butt heads on. So 67-62 is the final. Tennessee beats Auburn. Tennessee turns around plays tonight, Rob, against Georgia. That's a Georgia team. Bad. That is bad. bad team. Hey, 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 hey. You can't uh, – they, they've got to be by at least seven points in every game but three in SEC play. Those three, though, two-point loss to Alabama, pretty decent team, two-point loss to Auburn. So, again, if Tennessee plays the way they're supposed to play, they'll win this game going away. But you can't let them hang around. They're not bad, bad. I mean, I know their record says they're bad, but they're capable if you let them hang uh, around. I mean, I, those three things happened, AP, those three games. When I was starting to crunch some numbers on Monday afternoon, and Georgia is – and I don't remember the exact numbers, but there's like 360-something Division One teams right now in basketball. Georgia ranks in the 300s in, like, defense, turnovers, rebounding. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a disaster. You I mean, should I, step on their neck and win this game by 20. 
I'll be surprised. Right? I don't. I don't know if they win by twenty, but I'll be surprised if it's real. If it's ever in doubt. And again, AP, the, the games you referenced, yeah, Auburn was pretty lucky to get out of there with a win. You know, Alabama lost at Georgia, so you know they they are capable of throwing a scare into you. But man, this I got I, I just thought this is a team playing out the stream, and Tennessee has not really been a team that has played down to the competition. I mean, they've lost some games on the road, but they have all been to, you know, ranked opponents. At they the have time. zero bad losses. Yep, they have zero bad losses at this point. Rob, that is, is that just simply because of their defense? Is that how you avoid a bad loss? Is, is because you, you, you consistently, consistently play good defense yeah, night in and defense, night out? But I think effort in general. I mean, I think they don't take teams lightly. I think the coaches do a good job, uh, you know, with that, uh, of making sure that the, the success doesn't linger. I know, you know, Rick, Rick wasn't, you know, pouring cold water on him Saturday night, but, you know, pretty quickly after the game, I know he told him to, you know, enjoy it, have a good time, but Hey, we, we have to get back here and go to go back to work tomorrow. And, and it's just hard to win on the road. I mean, get, I say that all the time. It, Saturday afternoon in college basketball proved that out beyond a shadow of a doubt. When the top six teams in the country lost, two of them lost to unranked teams, Purdue lost to Michigan state. Um, Oh, who was the other one that lost Gonzaga, to Gonzaga, right? No, St. Mary's was ranked. Uh, I guess maybe the, they all, I guess Purdue was the only one that lost to an unranked team, unless I'm misremembering. And of course, the top four teams in the conference are 63 and one. The only loss being the first game in SEC play is Vanderbilt. Yeah. Almost to I mean, Arkansas and one. And I, I get the question. You guys see it sometimes. You know, why can't Tennessee win on the road? Why can't Tennessee win on the road? Well, I mean, almost nobody can win on the road against a good team. Against good teams, yes. All four of the, the top four teams at the SEC, whenever Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee have gone on the road to one of the other four, they've all lost. Nobody's won. Auburn, Auburn and Kentucky both lost at Arkansas. Tennessee lost at Kentucky and Arkansas. And I didn't realize this until today. What a break Arkansas catches. Above those top four teams, the only road trip they make is coming up this weekend. They didn't go to Auburn. They didn't go to Kentucky. Yeah. Good break, good break for them in scheduling. We'll see how they handle Tennessee th- this weekend. But obviously, Tennessee's got to take care of business first. Uh, Hubbard, before we move on, no, I'm not th- done with basketball, but go ahead. Well, but, well, one Hubbard stat you, you just mentioned their defense, and I meant to reference this a minute ago. Seven games in a row, they've held the opponent to 65 points or less. That's pretty stout. That's ter- that's tournament brand basketball. And I'm not saying that means you're going to run three weekends in the NCAA tournament. Don't get me wrong. But that's how you win tournament games, right? I mean that that's the that's the formula. Is you got to you got to lock down and play and play defense because, as you said back in December, defense travels. You can carry your defense with you. You're going to have nights where you don't shoot it well. If you're relying on your offense to outscore everybody, it's going to be hard to do, right? And and those three and those seven games, they include the other three best teams in the SEC. And they lost at Arkansas, holding to fifty eight. Yeah, and a crazy game there. I, I, I mean, I'm interested to see how they do when we get uh, to tournament time on a neutral site because the neutral site games they played, they were a way different team back then because the rotation was different, how they played Ziegler, these young posts. You know, obviously they had Camel back then versus now. You know, I'm interested when they get to a, a neutral site and not, and not a true road game, how does their defense and then kind of hot, hot – cold, hot, cold shooting translate to neutral site floors and, and, and stadiums, arenas. My question, Rob, I'm with you, AP, because you look at their neutral site floor games, 
they, I mean, the Texas Tech game was really close, right? You, you, and and they're not a different line. team now. And they're a totally different team. I mean, I know they got handled by Villanova, but uh, Rob, I mean, you you would agree that this is not it's apples to oranges for where this team is right now compared to where they were in December. Yeah, I think so. But I, and and you would hope that would be the case, you know. Sure. Figure, I think Rick has figured out some things with the rotation. You know, certainly, you know, I, I don't want to say that they're better from being without Olivier, but the ceiling that that Brandon and 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 Jonas have is, is higher than Olivier. But I don't I don't think that they're better, more productive guys than he is right now, night in, night out. But um, I mean, I think Kenny Chandler is far far better than than he was back in December. Uh, just so much more in control, and um, you know, I'm I'm like a lot of people thought that you know Tennessee would have to have a productive John Fulkerson, like a double-digit score John Fulkerson, if they were going to make any noise in, in March. I'm, I'm, I don't think that anymore. But they've got to have a productive rebounding John Fulkerson. Yes, well, or just somebody. In or somebody yeah. in there, you know, with those those four bigs. Those they brother-in-law it extremely well. They do one game, Fulkerson one game, Eurosh comes out of nowhere for a few minutes, Huntley Hatfield this past game against Auburn. They, they, are, they are mixing and matching and not having night tubs, in my opinion, where – Nobody shows up in the post, other than Arkansas. They were they were a no show at Arkansas in, in the post, uh, but this past week they were certainly not a no show. And leading that way, in my you know when you look at the stats, what was Brandon Hundley Hadfield? And, and the question I have, Rob, is was this week truly the turn the corner week, or was this week just he played well? And you're not sure what you're going to get tonight at Georgia. Where do you think he is in the progression of being? that reliable guy who suddenly now goes from playing essentially no minutes in the second half because they don't trust him to doing what he did Saturday against Auburn where he's on the floor for the core of the second half because they did trust him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see from him at Auburn tonight. I really don't. But, I, I mean, I think he had to leave that building on Saturday, you know, feeling like he had taken the step. Now, whether that what that means for him going forward, I, I don't know. But I have to feel like he left that – you know, feeling like, man, I can, I can really help my team win. This is, this is what I've got to do. And you just mentioned it. There's no bigger reinforcement than that. And he played 13 minutes in the second half. There's been plenty of games where he, in the SEC where he didn't play 13 minutes, period. And, I mean, I think that vote of confidence from his coach meant something to him. And, I mean, he legit – I mean, at the end of the day, when you're talking about potential ability, he's the most talented kid on this team. I mean, Kennedy's great right now. You know, other guys are more productive, but – in three or four years from now, I'll be shocked if Brandon's not the best basketball player that, that's on this roster. And he's a guy that, I mean, I think he could give you 10 points and eight rebounds in a, you know, in, in a high-level March game. But he, it, I also wouldn't be surprised if that same game in the second, you know, on Sunday, the NCAA tournament, if he gave you no points and, and one rebound. I, I think he definitely takes – I think he definitely takes – uh, you know, a huge amount of confidence from from Saturday. But I'm with Rob. I think that he's going to be up and down. You know, I I think it, it's easy to get motivated to come and bring your best in practice and kind of take that step. When you look up and Jonas Adu, who hadn't played hardly at all all season, is all of a sudden starting to make more plays than you are. And you've had actual functional minutes throughout most of the year. Then Saturday, you're tasked with guarding Jabari Smith. You don't want to just get, you know – 
you know, clowned on. So, I mean, like, <laughs> like I, I think he was motivated as he should have been. Well, and it's like when he goes against somebody that's not a projected top five pick, you know, yeah. and the motivation, where, where does the, where does the have to come from then? Yeah. And, I, and you know, this doesn't always translate, but I will say this Monday, he had Brandon had a really good practice. There are some days when you'd be in there and you don't even know if he's in the gym. And Monday he was he was active. He made some big time plays. Had a, had a couple of big dunks in traffic. Was very aggressive shooting the basketball. Now also, you know, John Fulkerson was limited. Didn't do a lot. Maybe it didn't do anything five on five when they were out there actually banging bodies. So he, he certainly had more opportunities. But I, I will say Monday he looked like a like a guy who was taking some some confidence from what he did on Saturday. Is this, is this just a case where it was just unrealistic expectations because he, he's got the beautiful body that everybody talks about. He's got the frame, but, but from a, from a mental standpoint, from a basketball development standpoint, Rob, he was just in a case for so many years where he just overpowered people and created unrealistic, unrealistic expectations for, for what he could do as a freshman right out of the gate. Or is this the case where, he had to be kind of broken down and, and, and built back up by this coaching staff in, in terms of their development of him. I guess everybody wants to know sort of why why now? Why, why not December? Yeah. Why not 1st of January? I just uh, – Hubbard, and, I, and I, I don't say this is a negative. I mean, I, I think there's immaturity, and I don't mean immaturity in the sense of like goofing off and not willing to work hard. I just think he had no clue about how hard you had to work, about how – you know, how the effort, the intensity you had to play with to really be a guy who, who played 20 productive minutes in the SEC. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think he had any inkling. Uh, and, you know, when he got to campus last June, he was still 17 years old. He didn't turn 18 until August. You know, that's, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he's just back in his class. He's back in his class. Not really. I mean, if I had a kid who was going to turn 18 when he was a senior, that kid would have started kindergarten a year later. Did, you know, I don't want – would you want your kid to be 16 years old, getting his driver's license, starting to, you know, start of his junior year? I don't, you know, to me, I just say he had no concept of what it was like, what it was going to take in, in terms of effort. And I don't mean he's lazy. I don't think many 18 year olds. You, you know, don't really, know what you don't know, Rob. Yeah. You just don't, you, you don't know has never worked as hard. And I think it took him a while just to really catch up and see. And right. I'm not sure he's there yet, but I think right. he's getting there. Right. Well, we'll see. I mean, the, t- the first test comes tonight is can he handle a little success? Because here's a guy who had a big game on Saturday and people are talking about him. He's signing autographs at an event Sunday evening for a little while. And, you know, and, and now he's got to go back and get himself in a scouting report, get ready to play on Monday and, and go play Tuesday night at, at Georgia. So we'll see how he handles that kind of maturity, you know, making another road trip with some some newfound expectations for him. Rob, if people would have gone to Vegas with you, I think they'd have made some money on this basketball team the last couple of weeks. You've you've had it dialed and pegged pretty good on, on how the weeks Maybe have just gone. the last couple of weeks, ever we'd had gone it early and come right back. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 how do you um, how do you feel about this team this week? I know you like their chances at Georgia, but we'll talk about Arkansas some on the on the mailbag podcast. But given the way they played at home, would you be surprised if Tennessee doesn't win out? Yeah, I'd be really surprised. And, I, I mean, I don't think Auburn's going to lose at Mississippi State on Wednesday night. But it, that oh, be like Mississippi big, State can't score. That wouldn't be the biggest upset ever. I mean, I mean, you know, as AP just pointed out, Auburn almost lost at Georgia. 
They almost, you know, they had they had their hands full at Missouri. So, I mean, this is a team that's they've struggled on the road, and not just against Arkansas and Tennessee, but they've struggled to to get it done against you know some of the the middle of the pack or lower teams in the SEC. Again, I don't think our I don't think Auburn's going to lose that game, but if they did, opens up a lot of crazy possibilities. Tennessee would be in a tie. Probably then Kentucky and Auburn could all claim an SEC championship, but Tennessee would get the one seed in Tampa. Well, I know one thing. Auburn might want to be careful about going to the hump and stomping up mid-floor because nobody goes in the hump and stomps them mid-floors and gets away. It's crazy. Auburn's done that twice on the road the last couple of weeks, and it's not set well. It didn't set well with Arkansas. Tennessee didn't make a big deal out of it afterwards, but you know it didn't set well with Tennessee uh, with what happened on Saturday as well. So we'll have full coverage of Tennessee and Georgia tonight. Obviously, Tennessee and Arkansas coming up on Saturday as this basketball team looks to close out the regular season. Uh, still plenty of things played for in front of them. Three seed, Rob, you think that's they're pretty locked in right now as a three seed? I think they're locked in unless – I mean, if they if they were – if they could win in Tampa, I mean, I think they're really in the conversation for a two seed because more than likely if you win in Tampa, you beat Kentucky at Auburn. Yeah. One of them on Saturday, one of them on Sunday. Then you're and, yeah. Then then wouldn't you be virtually a lock for a two seed at that? Well, point? I would think so, but I would have to you know does Duke fall? Does you know who falls? Who do you you know who do you pass? Um, if you're you might pass Kentucky, who's right. a two seed right now, maybe. You know, right. it'd give you you'd be two and one against them on the season. I think Duke would have to take a bad loss. Now, where's know. Where's Auburn on the on the line? Auburn's a one seed today. Yeah, so but, if you're two, two and zero against Auburn. They're not going to fall to a three, probably. But I wouldn't think. You never know. Maybe, maybe they're maybe they're both two seeds. Um, I guess. I I just think if that. I mean, that's a lot of the supper. Right. But if you pick up, you know, if you have four wins over or five wins over Kentucky, Arkansas, Who's Kentucky play this week. They play at Florida on. Saturday, and I'm not sure who the not sure who the midweek game is. But that's the game. That's the, the Florida's got to find. If Florida finds a way to win that game, then if Tennessee wins out, it should be Tennessee and Arkansas on one side of the bracket, Kentucky and Auburn on the other, which would be a huge win for the balls. Yeah, that was Kentucky because Kentucky and and Arkansas have I mean, Arkansas has the head to head over Kentucky. Yeah, so having won both games. We'll see how that we'll see how that plays out over the course of uh, the rest of this week. Obviously, for Tennessee first, it's take care of business tonight uh, at Stedman Coliseum against the struggling Georgia Bulldogs. Man, here's right. a I didn't I didn't realize this. Tennessee yeah. saw six straight there, six straight. I had no idea and, until looking and, at the And they've lost to some bad Georgia teams down there with some good Tennessee teams. Yep, yeah, they've gone down there with some good Tennessee teams and lost to some bad Georgia teams, which. Goes back to what AP you were saying right off the top. Don't just completely sleep because Tennessee's had a hard time for whatever reason in that building, and uh, Georgia has found a way to muster up against some quality competition. So uh, Tennessee better bring better bring their defense and better bring their work hat on Tuesday night uh, or later tonight, I should say, against the Georgia Bulldogs. All right, coming up on Saturday, I'm not going to talk about the Tennessee baseball teams. Um, that that was like that was like fraternity club softball. That that was like, or that was like the tournament out in Blunt County, the, the slow pitch softball tournament where there's nine thousand home runs. I mean, I don't know how Iona's fielding a team. I don't want to take anything away from Tony Vitello's club, but the the, the most work Tony Vitello did this weekend was sitting on Millionaire's Row in a Ziegler shirt, cheering and, and ripping on officials in a basketball game. Rob, they they, I mean, 
60 something runs that they 60, scored. No, they, they scored 68. They scored more runs this weekend than Tennessee scored points against Auburn. <laughs> it's crazy. Bad, bad baseball team in Iona coming to town. Um, so we, we got plenty to, to get to there. And, and obviously, coming up on Saturday, Tennessee. Big, big is, junior day, Hubs. Huge junior day. Huge, huge junior day. Uh, with a lot of people in quickly, Rob or Austin, as you look at this junior day, you got Nico in town for two or three days. That's big. Uh, and, and then you've got um, a handful of guys, a lot of guys from around the South. Give me three or four big names that, that have caught your early eye who are supposed to be here. We know it's subject to change. Well, Nico will get here Thursday evening. So he'll have dinner in Knoxville Thursday and he don't leave on Monday. He's here all uh, several stretch of days. Um, you know, Tennessee's going to have a real a real shot there. I know Steve Wolfong put a crystal ball in. I, probably nobody I respect more in, in this business than him. I think he does a phenomenal job. But he also had Ty Simpson pegged to go to Clemson, you know, until 24 hours out and then switched. So, I mean, like, it's not like he doesn't, you know, miss. When I look at this, I think, you know, if you're just looking at this from a pragmatic standpoint, like what makes the most sense? There's a huge Polynesian culture at Oregon, has been for a long time. West Coast kids going to stay on the West Coast. His cousin's Tosh Lupoy. So, like, everything checks Oregon. But, again, I don't think no decision has been made. Talking to some people um, on, on Monday, it, it sure feels like Tennessee's going to have every bit of a shot coming in this weekend to kind of wow him and, and, and see what happens. I know he's always wanted to go to the SEC. Oregon didn't make a run. We'll see if they're, they're able to, you know, hold off teams from the SEC. Um, but, you know, three days is, is a long time here in Knoxville for them to kind of get a real feel and for Tennessee to get a real feel for the family. Um, the whole family's coming. Um, so it, it'll, it should be a big deal. Outside of that, I look at guys that just make sense. Christian Conyers, Justin Brown, like those guys are guys that Tennessee has a really pretty good solid shot at. So, like, to me, this is a big weekend for those kids. You know, I mean, there are some – Really nice players coming in like Jamal Jarrett, offensive lineman, highly ranked, highly regarded, offered by everybody. But I'm looking at guys that Tennessee has uh, a real shot to get sometime this spring or summer. And I look at Justin Brown, Christian Conyers, or two guys. What does Tennessee think of Marquez Taylor? You know, he's kind of one of those kind of iffy guys, um, you know, for me as far as like, you know, what is he? You know, Tennessee's trying to figure that out. Is he an offensive guy? Is he a defensive guy? Um, Nathan Robinson, in-state kid, you can't teach that kind of size. So, you know, I, when I look at this weekend, there are guys from out of state that are really impressive. But I'm talking about who does Tennessee have a realistic shot at right now? Like, I'm not saying they can't land some of these out-state kids because they can. But, like, right now, I think Tennessee's in the top one or two for Brown, Conyers, and, and, and those type of kids we just talked about. When you when you look at Brown, how important is it that Tennessee and will they, you think, have a receivers coach in place by the time Saturday gets here? Is that realistic or no? It is. And, and you know, um, I, I talked to people over there today who told me the plan is to have someone on scene for junior day on Saturday. So I think that that's a, you know, a big deal um, to uh, to get that one across the finish line. I think it's big because otherwise, like, what's Justin Brown coming in for? I mean, he can come and hang out with Golish and Hype all he wants, but he ain't going to be able to talk to the guy that's physically going to coach him and teach him how to run a curl or deep post or whatever. So, um, you know, for my liking, you know, I think that they'll get that done, you know, sometime. And we've talked about the names on the board. I mean, David Johnson is a guy that makes the most sense from a culture standpoint. 
you know, does Tennessee take a swing with somebody else? I'm told there are at least a couple more names Tennessee would like to talk to either that happened on Monday and or happening on Tuesday. And we'll see, you know, if, if, if those names come out at any point in the next little bit. Um, and then, you know, I, you know, you look at the kid that, or the guy that's at Georgia Tech, you know, he's fairly well regarded. And then, of course, you know, Grant Hurd in Indiana. Yep. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out here over the course of the next few hours and the next couple of days to see if Tennessee can um, land themselves a receivers coach. And then obviously we'll have full coverage of Tennessee's junior day coming up uh, on Saturday. We'll talk much more about that in the mailbag podcast. We'll have much more as names get finalized late in the week. So uh, we'll have more on that in the war room. We'll have coverage of Tennessee baseball midweek game uh, coming up uh, this week. And then obviously they go to Texas uh, into Houston to take on uh, Baylor and Texas and some quality competition down there. We'll have full coverage of that, full coverage of basketball, football, recruiting, plenty of conversation going on at VolQuest.com. That's going to do it for this Tuesday edition of the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest.